Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation. First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. Obviously, already a big week uh, for the Raiders. We're going to get right into it. Uh, the loss on Saturday to the Cincinnati Bengals, the firing of Mike Mack, the general manager. Now they're uh, searching for a new general manager. Uh, they're definitely going to be interviewing for a new head coach, uh, possibly could still go to Rich Passaccia. Uh, we'll track all of that. But before we get to my great co-host, Sam uh, Gordon, also with the Las Vegas Review Journal, just want to let you know that Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by Blue Wire. Uh, Sam Gordon, Welcome back um, to uh, to the show, and um, it's been a crazy forty eight hours, to say the least. Man, it certainly has, Vinny. From uh, from almost beating the Bengals, from having a you know the the pretty much goal to go situation, essentially a go to go situation with with no time on the clock, and and having to make something happen uh, to to potentially extend their season. To now they are in a position where they are looking for a new general manager. Um, life comes actually really fast, and uh, and the Raiders are now, I mean, in full off season mode. Uh, after what was, a, I think, an overall pretty successful uh, 2021 season, uh, all things considered. So now, um, I mean, I thought I think we knew we were going to get to this point at some point where the offseason would hit and some of the uh, kind of the, the questions that we had throughout the course of the year were going to start to be answered. And, and the first one of those is is what's next to general manager. So I'm, I know we'll find that out in, in the coming days here. But, uh, yeah, like you said, very eventful, uh, very eventful 48 hours. And here we are. Yeah, and um, already they are uh, beginning the search process uh, for uh, a new general manager. And number one, let's let's, let's set that aside. Uh, and in terms of the head coaching search, Sam, by you know even if they stick with Rich Passaccia by rule, interview uh, at least a couple of you know uh, diverse candidates, minority candidates. Uh, that's a great thing. Uh, I'm all in favor for it. Uh, so that process has to unfold, even if it is Rich Passaccia who ends up getting uh, the full time gig. Uh, but I want to ask you, um, do you feel like the um, the decision to, to move on from uh, Mike Mayock kind of signals a just a new regime change uh, with that general manager and head coach and that they're going to go into an, uh, you know, in a completely different uh, direction? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the sense that I'm getting right. Vinny is just that it feels like Mike Dave or Mark Davis, <clears throat> Mark Davis wants to wants to start over, wants to start brand, you know, brand new. And this is you know, as much success as Rich Passaccia did have. And I think he did a fantastic job um, under the circumstances that I do think, you know, warrants consideration for the full-time gig. I think we've heard a number of players vouch for him publicly and endorse him as the full-time permanent head coach for this team. Uh, but if there's a time, if, if you're Mark Davis, if there's a time to, to move on from, from anything having to do with John Gruden and his regime and his staff and whatnot, it feels like now would be the natural time. So, that's kind of the sense I'm getting. Um, of course, we'll see. We heard from Rich Passaccia uh, on Monday afternoon in, in what could have been, right, and what very well could have been his, his final presser. It got, I got the sense just based on kind of the tenor and how he spoke 
that he was aware that it could be his final press conference with some of the messaging um, that he was sending. So, yeah, it, it does feel like that, that they are headed in that direction. Although, me personally, I, I would not be um, – I you know, I, I think Rich if they hired Rich Bisaccia and gave him the gig full-time, it make, it makes sense given what, what he steered the franchise through. But it's also understanding, look, he, he was on John Gruden's staff. Mike Mayock, in some ways, was an extension of John Gruden in, in the front office. So if you want to move on from just kind of that era – there's a natural breaking point to do so. And I think that would make sense to do so if that's what, if that's what the Raiders wanted to do. Yeah, I agree. And um, it makes a lot of sense that they would. And, you know, this is a, uh, but, but they would do it in a way where this isn't a rebuild. Uh, the, you sure. know, the, the, the Raiders were, uh, in fact, if I was Mark Davis um, and if I'm conducting an interview, my, my, my first question to any candidate, whether it's the general manager or the head coach um, it's what is your plan to get this from where it is right now to the next level? Um, there is no need for a rebuild. If anyone starts talking about that, um, I would close that interview up really quick. Um, I want to know as the owner, and this should be um, what Mark Davis to me is, is, is looking for, is somebody that's going to push this to the next level. Um, yeah. and, I, and I think it's an important to make the right choice. Um, you know, it obviously, you know, when you're in that rebuild kind of a mode and the Raiders have been there, obviously, um, just three, four years ago, that's a tough position to be in. Um, it, it's it's not as difficult being in the position that they are right now, but it's still tricky and you still have to make the right decisions because you can't lose momentum, number one. And it's, it's, it's imperative that you go up, you move up uh, and don't take any steps backward. Uh, so I think that that is kind of what they're going to be looking for is somebody that they believe, um, whether it's a tried and true uh, coach, like a Jim Harbaugh, uh, who has a history of doing that, or, or a general manager who's done it before. Um, I think that, that what, that's what they should be seeking, and that's what they are seeking. Yeah, I think so, too. And you, you talk about a, a rebuild, Vinny. I mean, this is a 10-7 football team, right? That yes, there's holes. Yes, there's room for improvement. But at the same time, regardless of how – you know, coin flippy or whatever term you want to use some of those victories were, right, where they're really good at overtime, they're winning all these close games. They still went 10-7. and seven. They still made the playoffs, and there's still a number of really good players on this roster on both sides of the ball. So I do think there are a couple tweaks to be made, but to your point, um, it's not like you have to tear everything down. I, so that that's kind of the sense that I, I'm with you there um, as well. It's about, it's about taking this thing to the next level. And you mentioned the Jim Harbaugh, I think, he obviously has to be, I mean, that name's not out there for no reason, right? He, when you take a look at his track record, did an unbelievable job in San Francisco and took over kind of a situation where there was some uncertainty there with Alex Smith and whatnot, and the team wasn't that good. And without, without it being a rebuild, with just some tweaks in his coaching staff, that team becomes one of the best teams in the NFC. So, yeah, that's always that's kind of the home run situation is if you can find um, a coach-GM combo that, that can get you to do that, to get you to, to that point. Uh, but like you said, it's imperative that they that they find the right combination, a combination that that shares the right vision. And I'm also curious, Vinny, I think what's going to you know, what is this new if there is a new head coach? And, and of course, there's going to be a new GM. What is that combination? What does that mean for, for Derek Carr? Right. Because he clearly proved this year um, his value as a quarterback in the NFL. I think he had a very good season considering the circumstances got to the playoffs with with everything that they went through and and was was big in a number of big spots um all year round amid the chaos around him. What is next for him if there is a new coach, general manager combo? 
um, there's there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of dominoes that, that need to fall. And, uh, that you know, that process, of course, you know, starts, like we talked about, starts Monday. We started Monday. As far as Derek Carr goes, that's it's 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 interesting because um, just his mere presence, um, I think, elevates this job. You know what I'm saying? Like you have the yes. quarterback in place, you have the leader in place. However, it's also if you wanted to take it a step further, um, maybe he's also the piece that whoever comes in here and takes over, um, you know, bargains off or, 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 or trades off in order to get even better. You know, uh, there is a path where, and I, I, I know for a fact that Derek Carr is an attractive commodity out on the open market, you know, in, in the trade market. And I think that, you know, that it could possibly, you know, if you're, if you're the new general manager, you could possibly be looking at Derek Carr as uh, a piece to get even better. Um, you know, bring in some draft picks, maybe go get another, use those draft picks to go get, uh, an even better quarterback. Um, so there's a couple of different ways to look at it, but in and of itself, just having him in yeah. place uh, gives you a chance, I think. And, you know, I, I go back to Matthew Stafford last night, um, Sam, and, you know, here's a guy that never had much success in Detroit. Well, you look at the rosters around him and um, that that's explains why he goes to Los Angeles and, and the type of game that he had and the type, type of game the Rams played yesterday um, not a bad quarterback to have on a really good team. So yeah. I'm not comparing Derek Carr uh, to Matthew Stafford. There's some differences there, but there's also some similarities. And if you, if you look at the Rams, if you're the next general manager here, the next coach here, you could say, why can't that be the same with, with Derek Carr here in, in Las Vegas? Just build a better team around him. And now it's that time of the podcast. We are joined by Chuck Esposito, director of race and sports for Station Casinos. Chuck joins us every week to talk about the Raiders, biggest betting landscape, and all things sports. A lot to talk about this week, Chuck. Uh, Wild Card Weekend is in the books. Uh, tremendous uh, slate of games. Some great games, some not so good. But overall, one of the best weekends in, in all of sports. Chuck, first and foremost, before we get into everything, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm doing good, Sam. It's uh, it's always a fun week when uh, the pro football playoffs roll around. You had the, the extra games and the three primetime games. Um, from our side of the counter, we're still waiting for the dogs to bark, and they've been yes. mighty quiet this past weekend. <laughs> so um, the the favorites uh, showed the betters a lot of love um, in five of those six games. Yeah, they certainly did. Shock five and one. Uh, the favorites only one road team, one only one underdog winning. That's of course the Niners who go into Dallas and snatch a twenty three seventeen victory. Before we before we get into the rest of the slate, just want to touch on the Raiders quickly. Chuck um, Raiders Bengals goes right down to the wire. It felt like it kind of had one of the makings of those Raider games towards the end of the season, but Cincinnati able to do enough uh, to, to hold on and win in advance uh, in Joe Burrow's first playoff run. Chuck, how impressed were you with Cincinnati, uh, their ability to come out, take care of home field in this game? And, and do you think they can go into Tennessee and knock off the, the, the top seed of Titans? Do we have a potential upset brewing? Did you see enough from Cincinnati to make you think that? You know, Cincinnati's really a good young team. Um, uh, they, they're able to win on the road and at home. I don't think anybody wants to face them because of their offense. I think it's going to be a tough task to go into Tennessee. I mean, if you look at teams that have had the bye, Sam, historically over the last 10 years, you know, what, what their percentage, win percentage is, I think it's around 67 to 70%. Um, Cincinnati's going to go there against the team that looks to be getting healthy with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and possibly Derrick Henry. Um, yes. Can they beat anybody with that offense? They can. I think their defense is still a little bit suspect. They, they lost one of their best uh, defenders over the weekend, which will hurt. They're the eighth worst team against the rush. 
And if Derrick Henry's healthy, that's going to be, uh, you know, a tough task. But uh, early action has been on Tennessee. We've seen this number already climb up, you know, a half point, a uh, full yep. point before it was bought back a little bit. Conversely, Chuck, how are you going to remember the 2021 Raiders? Um, I think it's going to be remembered as, uh, you know, a challenging uh, season. Um, I think challenging would be the, the the word that really comes to mind for me, you know, with uh, the resignation of Gruden, um, the, you know, unfortunate incidents off the field, uh, two of the most exciting games of the year, as we discussed, that opening Monday night game against the Ravens, uh, the, the, Mon- the Sunday night game against the Chargers, and then how they almost came, came back against uh, um, the Bengals. And I think leading into the, the 22 season, I think it's going to be a season of uncertainty, too. Um, is that you, you just don't know ultimately, you know, what's going to happen at the top. We know that Mayock's out. Uh, Basace did a great job. The players love him and want him. Um, but will they go big name hunting or not in the offseason? Yeah, that, that is a million dollar question. And one we hope to have more answers to as the offseason continues to unfold. Chuck, before we get into the divisional round games, four excellent matchups. Want to ask you this, right? Bills, Buccaneers, Chiefs, Rams all take care of business, all handle business in dominant dominant fashion who of those four teams did you come away most impressed with I think the bills and the rams um you know i think in the, in the bills case is that maybe they were just you know that good all year and they just were you know it's one of those teams that turns it up in the postseason i know they had some you know they lose to the jags they struggled with the falcons they had almost fallen out of the playoffs but Josh Allen, to me, is just so impressive. And Chiefs-Bills uh, is going to be some game with Mahomes and Allen. And what kind of strikes me about the Rams is that, you know, they haven't had a number one draft pick since 2016. They're still not going to have one, Sam, for a few more years. But this yep. is a team that is getting healthy at the right time. It's Von yep. Miller, it's Donald, it's Akers, it's Ramsey. They're built, that defense is built to win a game in February, and they seem to be getting healthy at the right time. So I'm going to go with Chiefs and Bill or the Bills and, and Rams right now that are kind of standing out to me as two teams that are playing really well who played this past weekend. Absolutely. And we already touched on, on Tennessee and Cincinnati, Tennessee, uh, giving three and a half. And that one, Chuck, 49ers Packers, right? Not a glamorous victory by San Francisco by any means. Jimmy Garoppolo, pedestrian at best. Uh, but that running game and that defense able to do enough. Uh, they are getting six Green Bay giving six in that game. That's the number I am seeing. Chuck, the 49ers feel like a live dog to me. What do you make of this matchup? And kind of an, an old rivalry being renewed. These teams had some great playoff matchups uh, about a decade ago or so. What, like again, the Niners feel like a live dog. What do you make of this matchup? And uh, and what does Green Bay need to do to protect home field? Yeah, I, I think it was kind of, you know, maybe a glamorous win for them. They go into Dallas. Um, they had to come back from 17 points down against the Rams. Um, they, they've gone back to back weeks on the road and won. I mean, you you win in a, a place against the Dallas team that many people thought could be playing in February. Um, you're, you're a Niner team that is six and three on the road. Uh, you know that you're going to have an uphill battle. You beat the, uh, the Packers two years ago in San Francisco twice during the regular season and then just beat them up in the postseason uh, to get to the Super Bowl. Um, this is a Niner team that loves to run the ball. They're not asking Garoppolo to throw 45 times. However, he's the third highest ranked quarterback, um, you know, in the league over the last six to eight weeks of the season. So when he's healthy and we know he's banged up, but they can run the ball. Uh, Samuel's a great weapon, um, but it's the Packers. And for me, and I know we've discussed this, Sam, the toughest place to play 
in the NFL, the team with the largest yep. home field advantage is the Packers and Lambeau. Yeah, no question about that. Um, you talk about the Rams, Chuck, and this to me is, I mean, there's so many layers to this matchup. Rams, Buccaneers, perhaps the two most talented rosters. Of course, ten, uh, the, the, the Bucks a little banged up, but still, I think we saw what they look like against the Eagles when they are firing on all cylinders. We certainly saw that with the Rams. We saw this matchup earlier in the year, Chuck. Now, at this point in the year, who do you think has the edge in this one between Tampa and the Rams? And how, how do you see this one shaping up with Matthew Stafford potentially dueling Tom Brady um, in, in a game that could be high scoring, it could be low scoring. I think this game can take on any kind of tenor. What are you expecting? Yeah, the Rams beat them once already this year. Um, I think you look at the Bucs and after the pack, who were undefeated at home, they were 7-1, second-best home record. Um, you look at the Rams, who were road warriors, uh, they were 7-2 and two on the road. Um, I think Stafford's going to have to continue and not turn the ball over. Um, well, you know, you look at the Rams now, Sam, and, and they are running at a much higher percentage than what they did yeah. during the regular season. Um, you know, getting Akers back is huge. They're going to want to run with Akers and Michelle. But guess what uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do better than anybody else in the league? Stop <laughs> the run. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's hard to to go against the GOAT. It's a small number here. I think we're going to see good two-way action on this game. Happy to root yep. for whoever we need. But if Fournette's not back, I think that definitely hurts um, the Bucks somewhat. Yeah, absolutely. He's been such a key part of what they what they did, and his injury has been crucial, a crucial development late in the season now that the playoffs are underway. Um, Chiefs Bills, Chuck, we, talked, we touched on that a little bit too. But to me um, – we, we understand what Patrick Mahomes has done. His resume speaks for itself. But Josh Allen has the chance to go get a signature victory and maybe shift the narrative a little bit about who that best young quarterback in the AFC is. And the, the started at two and a half, now down to two, the Chiefs minus two. That tells me that the betters believe that Buffalo is the better team here. Is, is Buffalo the better team? Or did they have – I mean, you said that they came away with the better showing over the, the course of this past weekend. This is another rematch from the regular season, what needs to be different this time around for the outcome to be different for Kansas City? I think Buffalo is the better team. Um, but, you know, we talked about it, Sam. What's the toughest place to play in the AFC? It's Arrowhead. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the Chiefs at home, um, it's going to be cold. It's the late game on, on Sunday. It's I, I see it as basically a pick-em game. We've seen this number drop. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of love for Buffalo in this game. It's not going to surprise me if either one of these teams moves on. Whoever moves on is going to be perceived as the favorite. Even if the Titans win, whoever moves on here will be perceived as the favorite in the AFC. I think it's going to be a great game. I think both these quarterbacks are good. Can Kansas City have a run and get back to the big game for the third straight year? Or does Buffalo have that chip on their shoulder? Uh, but I think we're going to see a lot of love for the Bills um, come Sunday. This is my favorite weekend in all of sports, Chuck. You got four great games, the eight best teams, star quarterbacks, star receivers, star defensive players, star – the whole nine is on display this weekend. What is your favorite thing about uh, about Divisional Weekend before we get out of here? I think, I think my favorite thing is I can't wait to see who's going to be playing for both the AFC and NFC uh, championship games. I think you can make a case for all eight of these teams. Um, you look at the only number that's really above a field goal – um, significantly is that Packer game because it's the Packers. But I think the Niners, you can make a case, are the, are the biggest live dog um, on the board. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy to root for whoever we need um, in these four games, Sam. But it should be a fun weekend. And can't wait to chat next week because we'll be talking about only two games left that decide who's going to be playing in L.A. on the 13th of February. So we always appreciate your analysis and expertise. Looking forward to breaking down championship weekend with you. 
next week. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. All right, Sam. Sounds great. Enjoy the games this weekend. <laughs> Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite. When you take a look at, right, let's just kind of put this in perspective, and you take a look at the other head coach openings right now, what situation has a quarterback as good and as proven as Derek Carr? You've got you know Daniel Jones in New York. We've seen what he's done. You have the, the, the second-year guys, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, I don't think is quite on Derek Carr's level. We understand that there's a situation in Denver where they don't have, they don't have the quarterback figured out. I think that's part of the reason there is a head coach um, opening right right there. Uh, you go to Houston, they have a, a, a coming up. Davis Mills is going to be a second-year guy. There's still the craziness with the Sean Watson situation. You don't know what's going to happen there. So if you kind of survey the landscape, if you're a new head coach, to your point, I think Derek Carr provides you, whether, like you said, whether it's, it's a, whether it's about moving on from him to get more assets or whether it's about keeping him in place, which there's a great argument for given what he just was able to do uh, amid all that chaos. He's a very, very good NFL quarterback, has been for a long time. So I think when you talk about kind of the landscape and, and who's available and the, the jobs that are available, it, it makes sense. that he, he obviously has to be an attractive part of this job given the season that he just had in his age, he's only 30 years old. It's not like he's 38, 39. He's still um, a relatively young guy uh, at the quarterback position who has a ton of value. So, yeah, that I think um, all things considered, his mere presence is, is part of the reason, like you said, that makes this job very attractive, especially when you compare it to some of the other quarterback situations with the head coaching vacancies. All right, if I'm playing the part of uh, Mark Davis and, and you're the, um, a, a general manager candidate um, slash head coach to um, – my question to you would be, all right, what needs to happen? What do you feel needs to happen for this program to get elevated to the next level? Oh, geez. Um, great question. I think I think there's a couple, right? I think offensive line, there's a number of young players on on, on this offensive line. You would, you would expect that they're going to get better, that there's going to be internal development. But you still, I think, wouldn't mind or wouldn't be bad off adding a veteran or two um, to the offensive line to create some competition. Um, and maybe upgrade um, there. I, I think defensively, they could use another corner um, and possibly a, another safety uh, as well. Uh, but I think overall, I mean, defensive line is is in a good place. I think you know, yes, maybe another receiver. Um, but you have Hunter Renfro, you have Brian Edwards. Those guys look to be pieces. You have Josh Jacobs. I think there's there's questions beyond 2022 about his option and whatnot, but. He's proven at the he proved at the end of the season and in, in the playoff game. I thought he was very good as well. Ran really well. That he's more than good enough to be a, a featured running back. I mean, it's not like to your point, but it's not like there's gaping holes. It's not like they're far off. There's, they need a couple tweaks and a couple upgrades at certain parts um, of the team. I think the ones I just mentioned. But overall, you have a number of good players on the defensive line. You've got young linebackers. I think Divine Diablo was awesome. Nate Hobbs. I mean, we know about Max Crosby and how good he is. Uh, Colton Miller is one of the best young left tackles um, in the NFL. So there are good players um, on this roster. But I think, yeah, you need you need to bolster what you have in the secondary. I think you need to upgrade or improve somehow um, on the offensive line and then add a, a couple key pieces on that on that defense and offense as well, skill position, and maybe 
um, you know, maybe another linebacker. I don't know. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not like there's tons of gaping holes. What would you do? Where do you feel like the biggest place to, to upgrade is or the biggest needs are on this roster right now? Yeah, I'm going to uh, make assurances that, um, you know, first priority is a dynamic wide receiver and a major upgrade at right tackle. Um, and, and, you know, maybe tinker with, uh, left guard, um, you know, bring in some, see what Denzel good, where his health is, uh, bring in some competition, definitely for John Simpson. Um, I think the Raiders can, uh, you know, make do with John back at left guard, Colton Miller, Andre James, uh, Alex Leatherwood, a big upgrade at right tackle, but definitely, uh, need to go get a, uh, a top wide receiver, whether that's in the draft. I'm not sure there's, there's anyone that kind of fits that bill coming out this year. And I take a look at the, uh, the draft, uh, but there's a Devonte Adams out there. Um, the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, uh, you know, should be available in free agency. So, um, that's the direction I would go. I think it's vital that they get back to, um, bringing in somebody that's, that, Defenses absolutely had to pay attention to, in addition to Darren Waller and in addition to, to Hunter Renfro. We saw um, in those in that playoff game how they were bracketing both Renfro and both uh, both Renfro and, and Darren Waller and kind of how it slowed things down a little bit and took away sure. some of those explosive plays. I think if you add one more major piece at wide receiver, it really does change the complexion of the um, you know, you, uh, of the weapons that 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 Derek Carr uh, has to work with. And I think on defense bringing back some of the key guys, um, you know, that are on one-year deals, Casey Hayward, yep. you know, maybe upgrade over at the other cornerback position, although Chavon Mullen's going to have something to say about that. Um, I think a safety, uh, another, yep. you know, not, not completely sold on Jonathan Abram right now. So um, that's the direction that I would go in. And, and, and it's pretty interesting as we go through this, um, it's a lot. I mean, it's going to take something to go get a good, a, a really good wide receiver, but it's not a lot in terms of you got to do this, 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 and this. Um, it's very streamlined. And if you play your cards right, uh, you know, make the right decisions at tackle and at, and at uh, wide receiver, this, this whole thing can move up pretty darn quickly. Yeah, it certainly can. I mean, and I think that's one thing about the NFL is year to year, you can turn things around or you can get back on track a little quicker than maybe you can in some of the other team sports. I mean, you look at a team like Cincinnati, of course they got the quarterback right with Joe Burrow, but they make a couple moves. They bring in a dynamic young wide receiver and lo and behold, you're in the second round of the playoffs and Joe Burrow's second year that you kind of speed up um, your timeline a little bit. So there are, I mean, there's definitely a handful of moves that, that need to be made, but who's to say if you're the, if you're the GM and the new coach combination or whether it is Rich Versace or whoever it is, who's to say, after those tweaks on the roster that this team isn't, you know, a, a level better um, next year. And, and of course we, we know the division is tough. We know Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes aren't going anywhere. We'll see what Denver does at the quarterback position, but that the division was good this year and the Raiders still went 10 and seven, despite some pretty glaring holes. So there's, there's, um, there's definitely moves to be made. Uh, and, and it's not, nobody said it's going to be easy, but like you said, it's just um, the streamlining is I think kind of the right word for it. And they're not, they're not super far off if they play their cards right. There are going to be players available that can help them. That can help them win next year. And there again are a number of really good players, impact players on this roster now that figure to at least be as good as they were this year, if not get a little better next year, depending on how that roster improves around them as well. Yeah, and I think the question that I would have also for uh, the general manager or whoever um, I'm determining is, you know, how has a final say on the draft and free agency and things like that is maximizing the draft and avoiding some of the um, high-end mistakes that the Raiders made these last few years when you're talking about Clee Farrell and Jonathan Abram. Uh, you know, uh, it's just, that's, 
it's not going to get it done. Um, and even Josh Jacobs, there's a question is, you know, are the Raiders yep. going to even pick up his fifth year option? Um, you know, then you look obviously at the 2020 draft up at the top of that, that draft, um, you know, where, where it's just a wash. Henry Ruggs isn't even on the team anymore. Damon Arnett isn't on the team anymore. Um, so many players from that 2020 uh, draft class are no longer here, never even set foot on the field for the Raiders in a regular season game. Uh, and even 2021, which was good in terms of further down in the draft. Yep. Um, but, you know, there's there's still a huge question mark with a 19th pick overall, and that's uh, Alex Leatherwood, or the 17th pick overall, and that's Alex Leatherwood. And um, how do you, like, if, if I'm Mark Davis, I want some sort of assurances. I know that it's not foolproof, obviously, with the draft, but um, need a plan in, in place that helps ensure that that never happens again. Yeah, I think, like you said, you t- you, you you summarized it perfectly, Vinny. The, the Raiders have done a good job building out and finding value. You know, the Mayock, Gruden regime, whatever you want to call it. They've done a good job finding value uh, late in the draft, but that's only a part of the job, right? You, when you make, when you have first round picks, right? High first round, high second round picks, even third round picks, you're certainly expecting starters, guys that can contribute for a long time and contribute to winning for a long time. And even on the higher end of that, like you're hoping not just a starter, but a pro bowl level caliber player. Right. I mean, whether that's in the top 10, top 20, top 30, like there are pro bowlers all over the first and second rounds, generally speaking. And the last three drafts, uh, when you take a look at the first round picks, there's been no, no kind of sure things. They haven't really nailed uh, a first round pick per se since, since Colton Miller in 2018. And that was John Gruden's first draft. That was, you know, four years ago now where that's a long time ago. So a lot of things have changed since then, but yeah, that, that's, that's, I think a huge piece of why uh, the Mayock the divorce, the Mayock firing happened is because for, for three straight years, you don't have any slam dunks in, in the first round. You don't have guys that are, are necessarily even seeing um, their second, their second contract. So that's where you go get starters. That's where you go get guys that, that contribute to winning. I think you take a look at some of the impact first round picks that are still around in the playoffs. Look at how Jamar, again, got to go back to the Bengals, but look at how Jamar Chase, how dramatically, he changed life, right? He was a top five pick. Cleveland Farrell was in the top five. He didn't do that for the Raiders. He didn't find a, a game-changing kind of player. So that is a, definitely a crucial component that the, the next general manager um, has to be better at, and you would like that person to continue to be as good as Mayock was because that they, they the Mayock-Gruden tandem, whatever, however you want to call it, they, they did do a good job finding value in the late rounds, but I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Like You can find good players in the first round and good players later, and they can happen at the same time doesn't have to be an either or. And that's definitely an area where the Raiders, um, they, they need to hit. You can go find whatever pick they have. What is it, like 20 or 21, Vinny? Is that, has that been shaken out yet? Yeah, you can find a big-time player at that spot, and it's imperative to do so, um, given given the kind of the status of the team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, or maybe even use it to uh, as a oh, trade to go get somebody. Trade, yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, whatever happens, uh, we are definitely going to be here uh, to keep track of it all. It should be a really busy week. Uh, I think we'll have a little bit more clarity by this time next week. So uh, looking forward to uh, to circling back uh, next week and, and um, you know, uh, really being able to dive into what actually happened over these next few days, because I think there is going to be some action here uh, happening. Sam Gordon, thanks so much as usual. We will talk to you next week. I want to say thank you. Uh, to all of our listeners. Um, the numbers are great. We really appreciate the support. You're why we do this. Uh, thank you so much, Larry Muir, our great producer. Thank you uh, so much. Uh, until next week, uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the games this weekend, the playoff games this weekend. We'll check you guys out next week.
Would you look at that? Damn, I look good. What's up, everybody? It's me, Stephen Money. It's football season, and I want you to know that you can bet on me, the STN Sports app. So sign up today and get started with me, the local favorite.